78 degrees at 811 here on 92.7 WMAY. I'm Patrick Fingston and for Greg Bishop on Springfield's Morning News. We're continuing our discussion about where the Republican Party is, how we got here, and how to save it from itself. And uh, wanted to bring in one of my good friends in politics and uh, someone who is... Um, uh, how do we say this? A controversial figure uh, among, <laughs> among Republicans these days, Congressman Adam Kinzinger uh, from uh, Shanahan in uh, in the the far far southwest suburbs, uh, who represents the current 16th district and uh, is not seeking re-election. Congressman, welcome. Good morning. You and I both have uh, new little guys at home, so hopefully you're getting some sleep. Uh, How's how are you feeling about the state of the Republican Party today? Well, hey, by the way, it's good to be with you, and thanks for just kindly saying controversial. That's very understated. So thank you. <laughs> I, they don't oh, look, let I, me swear. <laughs> I feel uh, pessimistic, honestly, about the state of the GOP. Look, I, you know, I've been a Republican. I was one of those weird kids that you know, at five years old, is reading the newspaper talking about Ronald Reagan, you know, that might have been five in 1983. Um, and, you know, I've really been obsessed with the GOP since then. And the thing I fell in love with is this, you know, this understanding of what I believe, which is limited government is best. Uh, but just as importantly, you know, America plays a special role in the world. And, you know, I believe that if you look at even just the fall of the Soviet Union, the Iron Curtain, kind of a new Iron Curtain that's descended today, it's been our ideals that has freed millions and millions of people. And I just, you know, as a Christian, I'll just say, I believe that since we have followed through on, you know, saving so many people, if you will, or being that shining light, we've benefited from that. And, uh, you know, whether it's controlling the trade routes on the sea, et cetera, and the GOP has become lately a very angry party, a party focused on grievance, division. Um, I think a party that is very spoiled to an extent. We, you know, we sit around, we have a lot going for us as a nation, but yet we go out and we peddle fear. And so, yeah, a little concerning right now. Congressman Adam Kinzinger joins us here on WMAY, who is not seeking re-election. He's been uh, one of the uh, vocal and, and outspoken uh, people against Donald Trump and voted for impeachment. Um, what? How did your life change when, when you decided to say uh, – frankly, to hell with this, I'm, I'm going to start telling the truth. Yeah. I mean, so it was kind of an evolution the whole time, you know, when, when Trump was president, I was supportive of him as president, wanted him to succeed. You know, I'd speak out sometimes and not speak out other times. And, uh, you know, and then there was a point basically when it was almost election night of 2020, when he tweeted like, stop the count. And then he started pushing that this election is stolen. I just knew that you know what, democracies, if you convince half of the country that the system doesn't work, democracy's stolen, there's some deep underground stealing your vote, a democracy can't survive, because that's the only basic thing you need is to know that your vote counts whether you win or lose. And, you know, when I knew what the cost would be, you know, I, I've come to think, Patrick, people fear more than death. There's one thing they fear more than death, and I think it's being kicked out of your social circle, because we're tribal creatures. And I knew that was going to happen to me. It happened to me, and it's taken a toll, but uh, it's made me even more determined. I have no regrets about speaking out because somebody's got to. And uh, it's not necessarily courageous. It's just rare, unfortunately. So the January 6th commission, which you're you're sitting on along with Congresswoman Cheney, 
uh, who who may very well lose her seat in Congress tomorrow, um, has been appointment viewing for those that are interested in in the topics and and there's been some very compelling stuff. But and I've told you this, my concern is that. It's not changing any minds. People who already hate Donald Trump are going to love what they're hearing, and people who love Donald Trump aren't paying any attention to it because they feel like the deck is stacked. Do you feel like you're making a difference with this? Yeah, and actually, I'll be honest with you, I'm surprised at how much of a difference we're making. It's not like, you know, if you think back to the Watergate hearings when we were a little less, you know, in our corners and, you know, everybody watched three channels. Um, That had a massive impact. This is having impacts you know, yes, among independents, around the edges of Republicans. I hear anecdotally from a lot of Republicans who say they just can't take Donald Trump anymore. But here's where I think the big, the big impact is not necessarily going to be in the angry, you know, viewers of angry media. It's going to be in their kids. And I, I truly believe that in five or ten years, you're not going to find anybody that will admit to having supported Donald Trump ever. Because I think whether it's with DOJ, whether... You know, it's just the, the kind of benefit of time and the, and the subsiding of emotions. People will be very embarrassed that he was our president. And as Republicans, we should be ashamed that he was even our party's nominee or leader. And that's just what I believe. I, I believe there is nobody, you know, I know that my kid, who's the same age as yours, you know, just about seven months, is uh, going to be proud to read his last name, or he'll be proud of what I did in this moment. There's a lot of people whose kids won't be proud of what they did. That means a lot, you know, as a new dad, too. It's like to leave something that that they can be proud of, too, obviously. So uh, let me let me ask you this on on Trump, on on what the commission has been putting out there. Um, Obviously, he while he said in his speech on the ellipse that morning, you know, we're going to go down to the Capitol and and, you know, he didn't. There was no explicit, we're going to break down the doors. We're going to stop this count. We're going to put Mike Pence in a gallows. And and even though he didn't do anything for three hours, he he's not going to run out there and do crowd control anyway. Why Why is his... Why are his words that morning and his inaction that afternoon, why are they such a key part of this? Because I think, look, the question is, what does the oath mean, right? Uh, Everybody, in some capacity, when you work for the government, you take an oath. And that oath has to mean something or else, really, honestly, that's the only contract that keeps us all together. The president uh, did not, yes, he he had inflammatory speech. Uh, We have proven that he actually intended to go to the Capitol. We actually have more proof that will come out a little later. Um, So those kinds of things are important. But I think our hearing on Thursday, a couple weeks ago, what we showed was that for three hours, the president didn't just do nothing. He actually, for the first time in his life, resisted peer pressure to do something and did nothing because he wanted to see how this worked out. He wanted to look and say, okay, is this going to, are they going to actually be able to succeed? And then when the law enforcement turned the tide at the Battle of the Capitol, only then did he say something tepidly to CYA. And so through that, through the lead-up, through pressuring the vice president, you know, through pressuring state officials, uh, through his words and misinformation, he knew dang well. And this is something I didn't even know when we started this investigation. I'm now convinced he knew exactly what he was doing. I mean, he was the president of the United States. He's not a baby, and uh, he bears responsibility. 
we might have had an EAS test uh, in the middle there. You you mentioned there might be more evidence yeah. that that Trump did intend to go to the Capitol that day. What can you tell me? Well, I can just tell you what we we put out some pretty solid stuff, and uh, there's more supporting evidence that I believe will will be revealed over the next few months. And you know, all these things that we've put out, by the way, are backed by even further evidence that will be put out, whether it's a future hearing or whether it's the uh, you know, the report itself, because unfortunately when we do a hearing, it's basically two hours. In some cases, we could have done a six-hour hearing. So there'll be more information, but the no doubt, I mean, I think we have enough to even say, like, the president knew exactly what he was doing. And if you think he didn't, then you're ultimately saying that Donald Trump really had no idea what was going on, and do you really want a president that doesn't know what's going on anyway? And probably not. Do you do you think his actions are criminal? I, I would argue that the Georgia stuff is more criminal than than January 6th itself. I, I'm interested in your take. I think a lot of it is criminal. And it's whether it's Georgia, whether it's the Eastman memo. So, you know, this idea that the vice president could, you know, just overthrow the election, his knowledge of, you know, what was going on at the Capitol. I think any number of these, I do think the Georgia thing is big. And uh, yes, and what I want to be clear, we never want to get in a position where we are prosecuting the last administration over and over. They do that in Central America, right? What we want to do, though, is if you have something like a failed coup, which is what this was, that happened, we can't just say, well, let's let bygones be bygones. Because I think we have to stand up and say, you know what, in this country, we don't do coup attempts. And you're going to have to pay if you do. Congressman Adam Kinzinger for just another minute here on WMAY. I want to ask about you. You know, obviously you're leaving the house after this term. Um, it's, it's, I, I don't call myself a Republican anymore. You know, even though I worked Mm -hmm. Republican campaigns for many years, uh, it, you know, I, I, I still refer to myself as conservative or center, right. Uh, Mm -hmm. Where do you fit in? And I know you have your outside pack, but what, where do you fit in and how do you feel like you contribute moving on now? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think the best way to describe how I feel is politically homeless. And I think a lot of people in this country feel politically homeless. Um, I don't, you know, I'm a Republican. I identify as a Republican, you know, that used to exist. Uh, I don't feel at home in the current party. So, yeah, I'd say I'm, I'm politically homeless, center-right. And I intend now with the time I have outside of Congress to fight hard for that identity, to fight hard to bring, you know, conservative or center-right politics back to a place of inspiration and normalcy again. Have you and Liz Cheney talked about running nationwide, you know, whether it's third party or or Republican in 2024? No, we haven't. Uh, I've a lot of cool tweets about it, but no, we haven't. And uh, she's got to go get reelected. And uh, that's what we're focused on with her. Are, are you done with elective politics? I'm done for now. Um, you know, I, I need a break. I, I, I look forward to being involved without having to be, you know, kind of in the day-to-day same congressional fights. But there's, there's no way I'm done with my activism. And I certainly would keep open possibly running for office again in the future. It really just depends. I mean, so many people get used to politicians that have these plans, these 10-year plans. I don't. I've just learned that you just do what's right at the right time. And it'll all kind of work out. That's where I'm at right now. Congressman Adam Kinzinger. Congressman, I'm, I'm proud to call you my friend, and I've been proud to, to see you tell the truth. Uh, so, so know that even though there are some haters out there, there are those of us that know you that, 
that are proud of what we've seen over the last few months. So thank you. Well, I appreciate that. And thanks for your friendship too. And, you know, we'll, we'll fight this fight and hopefully win, but it's at least worth the fight. It's worth the fight. Congressman Adam Kinzinger here on WMAY.